0: Digital Network. We need to roll back the state. We spy on all of our own citizens. Our prisons are flooded with nonviolent drug offenders. If you want to know who America's next enemy is, look at who we're funding right now. Every single one of these problems are a result of government being way too big. what's up everybody welcome to a brand new episode of part of the problem i'm dave smith i am riding solo for this episode uh rob is actually on his way over to my place to uh pick me up and then we're driving up to albany doing uh, some stand-up shows up there at the albany funny bone all weekend uh next stop after this will be chicago zanies i'm real excited for that one so i know i'm going to see a bunch of you guys out there so looking forward to it Comicdavesmith.com. All my live uh, dates and ticket links and stuff is up there, so go check that out. Uh, so for today's episode, just May, I wanted to talk a, a bunch about uh, this uh, the latest whistleblower in this, uh, the Ukraine leaks that came out. Um, we, we talked about this, this story a little bit last week, but there's been a bunch of updates. It's a really interesting situation for a lot of different reasons, not just this story, uh, not just the information that was leaked, but also kind of uh, what it demonstrates about the corporate media apparatus, the uh, the FBI, and of course, the wider war in Ukraine, which has become like my issue. Um, I get I always get I don't really choose these issues. They kind of choose me. But the war in Ukraine has now become kind of like what COVID was for me in this show for for years was like kind of what was our bread and butter, what we were known for and um, And uh, now, especially since last time I was on Rogan and that clip just went super viral. This has been the thing. I got another debate um, that I that I'm going to do on Ukraine, I think, in a couple of weeks. So, yeah, this is you know, I always try my best to stand up against the worst thing that the government is doing. And uh, for, you know, quite a while, it was always the wars in the Middle East. Um, It was the covid tyranny here at home inflation and to the destruction of the currency and and now it it's really this this thing in ukraine you know we still got a lot of the old ones but uh this war in ukraine which is just so insane um and has really put us uh closer to nuclear war than we've been since at least the cuban missile crisis and uh definitely has has pushed us closer to a world war than i would say since uh the 1940s so Uh, okay. So I don't know exactly even what, where to go about this first. So let's just, just for a little bit of perspective, way back when, way, way, way back, stretch your memory all the way back to a few days ago. Okay. As of a few days ago, this was the story. Uh, I'm reading from a Reuters article here. Uh, the headline, Russia likely behind us military document leaks uh, us officials say. Read a little bit from this article. Uh, Russia, or pro-Russian elements, are likely behind the leaks of several classified U.S. military documents posted on social media that offer a partial month-old snapshot of the war in Ukraine, three U.S. officials told Reuters on Friday, while the Justice Department said uh, separately it was probing the leak. The documents appear to have been altered to lower the number of Russian casualties suffered by Russian forces. The U.S. officials said... Uh, adding their assessments were informal and separate from the investigation into the leak itself. The U.S. officials spoke on the condition of anonymity given the sensitive, uh, the sensitivity of the matter and declined to discuss the documents in any real detail. So that was a few days ago. A few days ago, it had all the hallmarks of Russian disinformation. Um, and yeah, of course, U.S. officials will speak uh on, on you know anonymously and claim this there is no um anyway that's all wrong now <laughs> they admit once again none of that's true uh the new york times just outed uh the kid um this guy kid 21 year old uh the kid who who was the leaker uh he has been arrested um because that's what we do when people leak information about, you know, evil things that the government's doing or that the government's lying to people, there are severe consequences for people like uh, Bradley Manning, now known as Chelsea Manning uh, for Julian Assange, for Ed Snowden, those guys, you know, you, you get real uh, punishments for the leaks um, say of like that we saw during the Trump administration, um, the leaks, let's say of, uh, you know, uh, the Supreme Court decision to overturn Roe v. Wade. Who, who is that leaker? We don't know. There has been no mass effort by the FBI. There has been no effort by the New York Times and the Washington Post to try to locate that leak, right? And you would think that's a much easier one to pin down. There's not that many Supreme Court justices. They don't have that big of a staff. There's only so many people who would have had access to this information, but there's just no effort to to get to the bottom of that. This, however, when you're uh, dealing with like the entire, uh, you know, whatever, National Guard, Air Force or whatever, this this they get to the bottom of in a second. So now uh, there's a few interesting things about this. So now all that nonsense about Russia being behind this has all completely been dropped. Uh, nobody's saying that much like with everything that they claim is Russian disinformation. Yet it is until you figure out that these are just U.S. officials lying to the American people. And of course, these media outlets just are, they are to be mouthpieces for them. They don't even like, there's no editorializing within the article. There's no, like, it's just presented as they always do. This is what the New York times does all the time too. They say something as a, like in a, like a statement of fact. And then after it say us official claims. So if you're reading it, it's designed to give you the impression that this is the news And then just like with a tagline of claims a U.S. official. However, the the journalist will never, um, you know, like put in there. We have no way of knowing that this is true. They've claimed these things before and they turned out not to be true. And there's no like so. So uh, this is a few days ago. And now a few days we find out that what these U.S. officials were saying was all complete lies. And there's no effort from Reuters to write a piece about how like. We're being lied to by U.S. officials. <laughs> now, I know they speak under anonymity, but there's no one in Reuters going to go, we will not use them as a source anymore in the future. None of that happens. It's just as if it didn't exist. We just move on. Well, that bullshit didn't work. Let's see what's next. And what's next is now they've outed uh, this guy um, and he's been arrested. And so now um, the 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 entire... Uh, like tone of the corporate press where they're going with this has nothing to do with russia anymore now it's all about just smearing this guy that he was a really bad guy he's uh they're claiming he's racist and he's a a gun enthusiast um and that he you know what they actually say if you look into it they're they're making a bunch of claims about him you know i don't know (laughs) it's impossible to to tell, you certainly can't trust these people at all. Obviously, their goal when they were reporting that this was Russian uh, disinformation, uh, their goal was to to challenge the credibility of the things that were, you know, of the, of the classified documents that were leaked. Obviously, now their goal is to paint this guy as a bad person. But it's it's very clear that they're just doing the government's bidding. What was particularly disturbing about this one is that it, it seems uh, that it was the Washington Post and uh, the New York Times that actually located the guy and then gave the information to the FBI. So think about that for a second. The government is lying to the American people about perhaps the most important thing in American history, So I'm I'm not overstating that, by the way. One of the things that we found out in these uh, leaked classified documents is that uh, U.S. military is embedded in Ukraine. This is not just a proxy war with Russia anymore. This seems to be a hot war between the United States and Russia. That is up there with the biggest story ever. (laughs) Like the two biggest nuclear superpowers in the world are at war on one of those nuclear superpowers border. That's a big story. And the government's been lying to us about that right, as they lie with all of these wars. Um, and think about if you you were uh, you know a journalist, put that in quotes, journalist at the New York Times or the Washington Post, and you just found out that the government was lying to the people about one of the biggest stories in the country's history. And your response is to try to help the government arrest that guy who brought that information to you what what example could better prove what we've been talking about for all of these years what could just like be a clearer display of what the corporate press is like they, who they work for they do not work for the people they are not interested in getting truth to the people they are interested in protecting the intelligence uh agent agencies that's their goal in this okay they work for the government. They are the enemy of the people, period. And this is, I mean, I, I struggle to think of a more clear-cut example than what just happened in the last two days, than, than that. You have one guy who is bringing truth to the American people about the lies their government is telling them, and then you have the press who would like to discredit the information and then ultimately arrest the guy. Um, Who, you know, will probably pay quite a heavy price for for bringing this information to us. Um, If the if past precedent is any indicator, he is going to be in prison in very bad conditions for a very long time. All right, guys, let's take a moment and thank our sponsor for today's show, which is Facet. We all know talking about money can be stressful and overwhelming, but because of this, it occurs much less often than it should. FACET can help you not only start the conversation about money, but support you every step of the way so you can make financial decisions with confidence. Everyone should have a go-to financial partner to guide you through the continuous and ever-changing life journey. FACET's planning goes beyond just retirement and investing. They'll advise you through every financial decision you face, things like real estate, tax mitigation strategies, understanding your benefits, and equity compensation. A FACET membership gives you access to unbiased, personalized, and actually affordable financial Financial advice for every facet of life. A facet membership includes your own dedicated CFP professional, the highest possible certification, plus a team of experts who use industry leading technology and investment management strategies based on Nobel Prize winning research to help make all of your complex financial decisions easy and stress-free. Facet is now offering a $500 Kickstarter to your financial wellness journey, but only right now for a limited time. They're waiving their $250 enrollment fee for new customers that sign up for an annual membership, as well as offering you $250 into your brokerage account if you invest $5,000 within the first 90 days of membership. If you're still wondering if Facet is for you, take their free five-minute financial wellness quiz to unlock insights into your personal finances. Check out facet.com/potp. That's f a c e t.com/potp. This ad is sponsored by Facet, Facet Wealth Incorporated is an SEC registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities nor is it investment, legal or tax advice. facet.com/potp. All right, let's get back into the show. Of course, the uh the war criminals who were exposed by uh, Manning and Julian Assange? They, uh, they all walk free to this day. Um, the, uh, the, you know, the the people who uh, commit uh, were involved in illegal spying on American citizens that Edward Snowden revealed—they uh, still walk free to this day. Uh, Clapper, who lied under oath. Um, saying that there was no mass uh, data collection apparatus at the national security, uh, um, uh, you know, that he's said, I forget his exact exact terms of NSA, is not involved in any mass bulk data collection, something like that. Blatant lie. He still walks free to this day. And all of these people who have lied us into this war in Ukraine and then continue to lie to us about it, they're also still free. But this kid is arrested. And on top of that, on top of the fact that he's going to be, you know, held in brutal conditions for many years, um, he'll also be completely smeared by the corporate press. It's just absolutely disgusting. Just disgusting. Um, And what they're saying about him, too, is like, you know, they're saying that he was in this this discord server where they regularly uh, shared um, racist memes, which it's so it's so funny that this is what they go to to smear people. Basically, you're saying he was 21. That's that's what you're saying. He was 21. It's really something like because these things happen now on Discord or you know on the internet in general. It's now they can kind of like smear any one of these young guys who does something like this as like look at this, but. I mean, typically speaking, I don't know. Again, I don't know the details of the case. I don't know the memes that he was sharing in this Discord server. But it's almost like if you could imagine at a time in a time's past, like let's say like Daniel Ellsberg or something like that, um, who if, if you don't know, he, he leaked the, um, the uh, Pentagon Papers. So back in the Vietnam War, um, when the uh, U.S. officials were telling the American people that we were winning the war and everything was going great. And then he released the Pentagon Papers, which showed a slightly different story where we actually, things actually weren't going that good. And um, but imagine at the time if they had tried to be like it, like if you had access to every wisecrack that Daniel Ellsberg had ever told his friends. And you could pick out the offensive ones and be like, well, look, they cracked this joke or they said this thing. And it's so it's such an insane standard to think of. But now, because these things happen on a Discord server, they can do that. They can actually find like, oh, you're discredited because I don't know, you found a meme entertaining or something like that. It's really, uh, really something. Um, But anyway, so that's what they're doing. That's that's how they're trying to go after this guy. Now, by the way, uh, even Chris Hayes, uh, host over at MSNBC, he tweeted out, uh, he said, I don't know the inside story, but from the outside, it sure looks like The Washington Post and The New York Times cracked the case of the mystery leaker and the FBI did not. And he is right about that. Pretty interesting um, how how many people in his replies are celebrating this. This is now where the progressives are. They are celebrating that the uh, that 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 corporate media outlets are doing the bidding of the FBI for them. Really something. Um, Now, look, I'll say one of the other criticisms that they're they're giving this kid is that he did not. um, uh, You know, he did not leak these documents in the same type of manner that say Snowden did, which was a much more professional way to do it. Um, I, I will agree with that. Um, he's, uh, he didn't go to a, a news outlet, like Snowden went to Glenn Greenwald at the Guardian and let them kind of vet the information and then put it out. He just put it out on a Discord server. They're saying, you know, th- they're kind of trying to discredit him because of that. Look, however you might prefer that somebody leaked these things, whatever you think is the preferable way to do it. Um, Whether or not you think this kid was sharing memes that are offensive or any of this stuff, this is all just irrelevant. It's beside the point. None of that really matters. This guy is not the story. And that's not what's interesting about this. What's the, the question is, did he reveal important information to the American people or not? That's the question. Has our government been lying to us? And the answer to both of those things is clearly yes. So if that's the case, it really doesn't matter. We're not like, we're not looking to be best friends with this guy. We're not like concerned with his moral character, or I don't even really care, to be honest, his motivation for why he did this. What I care about is like that the information gets out and that government secrets get exposed. That's what matters. And what really matters in this case is... um. What what's going on in this war in Ukraine, what this says about, you know, what's really happening as opposed to the government narrative on this, which we know has always been bullshit. Um, And that is the story. So that's what really matters. And th- here's what basically we've gotten. Um, because if you remember last week when me and Rob were talking about this, which was the case, we were talking about how it, it was like you couldn't find these documents anywhere online. You had some people like reporting on them, but then like there was almost it was very, very difficult to find them. That's not true anymore. Now they're up there. And we've I've been able to take a look at all of them. And okay, so the really interesting takeaways from this um, are not just the casualty numbers, which of course the US government is claiming were, were altered. Um, But that, if true, would paint a drastically different picture of this war. Um, But it clearly shows that while publicly, much like with the war in Vietnam, much like with the war in Afghanistan, but, you know, where publicly they're saying, oh, the war is going great. Everything's going exactly as we wanted it to, you know, publicly on on if you turn on like cable news or something like that. All of the experts are saying that Ukraine is dominating, Russia is losing, and it's inevitable that Ukraine's going to win. Now, there are some holes in their narrative because it's like, you know, it's like I, I've talked about from the very beginning. It's like Vladimir Putin is a huge threat to take over all of Europe. He's hell bent on reconstituting uh, the Soviet Union, but he's also getting humiliated in Ukraine. And you're like, okay, well, if one is true, then the other one doesn't seem to be much of a threat. But likewise, what they're saying now is that Ukraine is dominating. They're doing a great job. It's inevitable that they're going to win. But also, you better be ready to send them another $100 billion or they'll lose. So again, which one is it? Is it inevitable that they're going to win? Or are they doomed if we don't continue to prop them up? So they're trying to play both sides of that. But what this actually shows, what these documents show, is that actually Ukraine's not doing well. Okay. Now, if the casualty numbers are correct then it shows that actually they're getting dominated in this war and actually behind the scenes, everybody's freaking out about this. <laughs> the Biden administration is really worried about it because they're like, this is not going well at all. As with all of these wars, they're sold off lies. They're started off lies and they're continued off of lies. Every one of them. This is the case for every one of these wars. That's they're always completely built on a house of war propaganda. Um, and, you know, you could think about if, if you think about through the, the war in Afghanistan for 20 years, 20 years, the, a government officials were telling the American people that the military we're building over there is great, that we have really created this democracy. And man, this military, we've trained them so well, they're going to do such a fantastic job. We did that for 20 years and they folded in a day <laughs> like it's never it's not just that they'll exaggerate what's going on they will completely mislead you and then they complain about you know disinformation all right guys let's take a moment and thank our sponsor for today's show you know them you love them YoKratom.com. if you are over the age of 21 and you enjoy Kratom Go get your kratom from yokratom.com, home of the sixty dollar kilo. Their stuff is lab tested. It's high quality. It's delivered right to your door, and it's the best price you're ever going to find—sixty dollars for a kilo at yokratom.com. This company does so much to support this show, this network, our comedy festival, Skankfest. They're just—they've really supported us. So if you get kratom, if you like kratom, go get it from yokratom.com, home of the sixty dollar kilo. All right, let's get back into the show. So that's one of the major takeaways of these documents, that the war is not going well for Ukraine. Ukraine is getting wrecked. Um, The other major takeaway, the biggest one that I mentioned earlier today, is that U.S. military is embedded in there with Ukraine. Another major um, uh, piece of information is that there will be no negotiations at least through 2023. That is the plan. And we're just going to keep this war going. Um, another major one is that Zelensky plans on striking uh, deep inside Russia. So that's that's the plan. <sighs> when you think about the risk of escalation that that Zelensky—something we were assured wouldn't happen—now at least behind the scenes they're talking about it. That Zelensky is going to use U.S. weapons to strike Russia. What, uh, like, what? When this war first started. Joe Biden said our response was going to be sanctions. That that would be what our response was, sanctions to cripple the Russian economy or destroy the ruble. Of course, those didn't work at all. The ruble is actually stronger now than it was when we started these sanctions. But now we've gotten all the way to this point, all the way to this point. So however you feel, even about the war in Ukraine, however you feel about what led up to this war or whether you think America should be funding it, There's really no arguing that this is vital information that we should have. Like, you can't make an informed decision about any of this stuff if you don't have it. And the American people can't have an informed opinion about any of this stuff if they don't have this information. So anybody, this is like a a real kind of like a line in the sand of just who's an honest actor and who's not. Like, if you don't, if you're against this type of stuff coming out, then you're with the bad guys. You're the enemy of the people. And then, if you uh, view this leaks like this as a heroic act, then you're with the people. You're one of the good guys. I think it's that simple. I really do think it's that simple. Um, all right. So, what does all of this say about the bigger picture? with the war in Ukraine and where exactly we are now, you know, I saw, um, earlier I, uh, today I saw, um, a speech from, uh, Victoria Newland, uh, who's, you know, been right at the center of, of Ukrainian policy for the last decade. Um, when she's done such a great job, uh, and she was giving a speech about how great Ukraine's going to be. How after they repel Russia, we're going to build up their military so Russia can never evade again. And we're going to help build up their energy sector and build up their uh, political institutions to give their people freedom and dignity and all of this. And how wonderful this is going to be for for Ukraine. And it's it's interesting to look back at like the track record of some of these people and what you know like what they've claimed all along. So. Uh, I I remember there's there's a a speech like a famous uh, lecture that I think it was in 2014 uh, that John Mearsheimer gave. Um, If you don't know Mearsheimer, he is uh, certainly not a libertarian, non-interventionist like me. Um, He is a a realist is what they call him, the dean of the realist school on foreign policy. Um, He certainly doesn't object to, I think, American interventionism but believes that, you know, we should do it in a not completely destructive way. But he is a like a world renowned like, scholar uh, on on particularly matters of foreign policy with Russia. And he's been great on this whole Ukrainian crisis from from the beginning, from from well before um, the coup in 2014 uh, in Maidon. Uh, And he's been really spot on about all of this. So he said in 2014, when the West backed the overthrow of the democratically elected Yanukovych government, he said his quote was that the U.S. was leading Ukraine down the primrose path, that essentially by us intervening in Ukraine, we were um, convincing them that they had the backing of the U.S., which is you know that which really means something to foreign governments it's a big deal to convince them that the most badass powerful military in the history of the world has your back and so we basically convinced them to go to play hard with russia and Mearsheimer was saying this is going to be a disaster because when it actually comes down to it russia will end up crushing ukraine and we won't be able to have their back we're let it, we're leading them on you know it's like if you could imagine like you're, you're a big jacked guy and you're convincing this, this little tiny guy to go fist fight a guy much bigger than him. And you're like, don't worry, we got your back. And so he's like, wow, well, shit, normally I wouldn't fist fight this guy, but now I got this humongous guy behind me. We're going to go two on one on him. We're going to fuck him up. So now I'm he's talking big to this guy. Um, and except what America isn't telling you is that like we're actually a crumbling Empire ourselves like this big jacked guy has like you know two Achilles uh, you know tendon tears and he's got artificial knees and he's he's actually not in a position to really help you see this thing through so then you go start the fight and this little guy gets just annihilated and so that's that's what Mearsheimer was saying back in 2014 that we're leading them down this path to their ultimate destruction just juxtapose that. To Victoria Nuland in 2014, was saying, It's so wonderful the people's revolution has worked out. And look at that Ukraine is joining the EU now, and it's going to be nothing but peace and prosperity for Ukraine going forward. And just think about that. Think about the different predictions that were made by these people, and how one was stunningly accurate and really, in a very profound way, understood the like the different players involved here and what the ramifications for all of this was going to be. And one was neocon fucking nonsense. One was a rat will be greeted as liberators in Iraq. This is these neocons like they are, it's unbelievable. They're like, O for 75 on all of these predictions. They're always just to a point where you go, I, I, it's impossible for me to believe that they actually believe any of the stuff that they're saying at this point. So I think they're just literally shills for special interests and they know exactly what they're doing and that this, none of this was the plan because th- this is literally what they said in Iraq, that we would be greed. And I'm not saying like, I'm not lumping Victoria Newland in with these people. This is Robert Kagan's wife. This is her husband is the guy who wrote the project for a new American century in whatever it was, 1997 or whatever. Okay. It was like the neocon uh, like Bible <laughs> that uh, we've followed you know, pretty much to a T and it's been a disaster everywhere stuff about, you know, NATO expansion and, um, military, you know, wars in the middle East and regime change in Iraq and all this stuff. But when we went into Iraq, that's what they said that we were going to be greeted as liberators, that, uh, it would be a cakewalk and that, uh, it would be paid for in oil. Like, so the war wouldn't cost, cost us anything. It would be easy and the people would love us. They would be happy that we were there. Meanwhile, We got into like, you know, uh, uh, almost two decades of guerrilla warfare because we weren't greeted as liberators. We were greeted with a rebel army. We were greeted with an insurgency that lasted for years and it wasn't paid for in oil. It cost trillions of dollars and thousands of American lives and hundreds of thousands of Iraqi lives. So, you know, a little bit off from what they said. And it's the same thing here with Ukraine, that they said that this was going to the made on revolution, as they call it, was going to liberate the people that joining the EU was going to bring prosperity to the country. And of course, that ultimately joining NATO would bring security to the country and look where they are. You know, it's the thing that's so tragic about this is that the people who, you know, uh, support these neocon policies And the people who put the Ukrainian flag in their Twitter bio and all of this stuff, um, they, you know, they claim they're like standing up for the people of Ukraine. Like They have a right to defend themselves and we have to stand with them. And what do they actually have? What are you actually giving these people? Just prolonging this war? Because that seems to be the plan here. Like the neocons think that the strategic value in this is that they can bleed Russia dry so like okay they are saying it can hurt Russia but they're they don't believe this nonsense that they're saying in the same there's no way they could I mean if if they do they'd have to be so delusional I mean imagine like like predicting the consequences of war 14 times in a row and it's 180 degrees, the opposite of what you predict, like you predict, it's all going to be roses and sunshine and it's all death and destruction and babies starving to death. Okay. Every single time. And then the 15th time you're just as confident making that prediction. Well, if you're not lying through your teeth, then the level of delusion is like otherworldly. So, okay. They're, they're saying everything's going to be fine. No, what they're doing is they're trying to bleed Russia dry. And they're willing to sacrifice the Ukrainian people in order to do that. That's their position. That doesn't sound like a friend of the Ukrainian people to me. And in fact, the people you know uh, on on our side of it who get accused of you know spreading you know Putin propaganda, Russian talking points, or whatever. Well, what we're what we're advocating is bringing an end to the war. The best thing for Ukraine. Bring bring an end to this madness. Uh, maybe like people will stop dying. That seems like it could be a slightly better uh position. All right, guys, let's take a moment and thank our sponsor for today's show, which is Sheathunderwear.com, the underwear of legends. And as one of those legends, I, I must tell you, it's just the best. It's the best pair of boxer briefs you'll ever put on your body. They're comfortable. They're high quality. They can be worn just like regular boxer briefs, or you can use the dual pouch system, which separates your man parts. I highly recommend it, And they're really great, particularly for these summer months. Great for working out. Great for being outside in the heat because they just keep everything cool and comfortable. And here's something crazy I just realized. Sheath has been advertising on this podcast for three years now three years of supporting this show, which you guys all love and cherish so much. So what you got to do to support the show, go support our sponsors. And in the process, get the most comfortable pair of underwear you'll ever own. Sheathunderwear.com. And if you use the promo code PROBLEM20, you're also going to get 20% off your next order. Sheathunderwear.com, promo code PROBLEM20 for 20% off. Let's get back into the show the other thing that i i just feel like uh, you, you know i've talked about before in the past but it's something that this story particularly made me uh made me think about it's hard it's hard to ignore it is that you see how quickly um how quickly the russian propaganda the uh, russian disinformation russian propaganda russian meddling stuff gets invoked and you know it and of course it's all crap but it really does show you it's like yeah, this has been now, really since 2016, just the go-to. And, and if you're keeping track, I mean, this war started last year. It didn't start in 2016. It started in 2022. Now, okay, the Civil War started, you know, earlier than that. It started in 2014. But the if, if you can't honestly, you know, like one of the things that all of the political leaders, this has been one of my big arguments about this from the beginning, is that all the political leaders... Uh, always use the term unprovoked. And there's a reason why they do. It's a reason why these liars always have to say unprovoked. That Vladimir Putin led an unprovoked invasion of Ukraine, the unprovoked war, every one of them. they like Joe Biden and and uh, Kamala Harris and Hillary Clinton, all the people in the press, uh, all the freaking uh, Republican establishment, they all say it's like this unprovoked war. And the reason they have to insist that it's unprovoked is because I... It was so clearly provoked. Like it's so obvious that it was provoked. And if you admit that it doesn't excuse Vladimir Putin, but it does at least put some of the blame on them. It's like, it's even weird that they would have to use the word. Like, uh, you know, like, I, I don't know what, why, why would you even need to say that it was unprovoked? Wouldn't that just wouldn't, like, wouldn't that be the assumption If you're saying this guy's such a bad guy, it's just very, it's like, you know, it's like if you're throwing rocks at, at a dog and then he snaps and like, like killed a bunch of people. And when, when the dog snaps and kills a bunch of people, you have to constantly say this dog snapped and killed a bunch of people and no one threw any rocks at him. No one threw rocks at this dog. By the way, you're telling the story to the cops. What happened with the dog who attacked those kids? Well, let me start by saying no one threw rocks at him that's the first thing I want to let you know it's like great right? the Senate almost like it seems like something someone guilty would say but they all repeat this line but like what is that even how can anyone didn't you know I was making this point when one of the last debates that I did uh on this topic where I was saying like if you if you believe if you don't believe let's say that um the hunter Biden uh laptop was Russian disinformation which everyone's admitted it it wasn't If you uh, don't believe that Vladimir Putin hacked our election in 2016, which anyone paying attention knows was complete bullshit, no evidence has ever been provided that that happened. Um, Havana syndrome, which they've all backed off of and admitted was nonsense. Bounties on U.S. soldiers' heads in Afghanistan, they've all backed off and admitted that was nonsense. Okay, you would have to believe all of those stories are true to actually say that the U.S. has not been provoking Russia. Because if any one of those stories is a lie, which they all are, then that in itself is provocation. You have the intelligence agencies for the biggest war hungry country in the world, the United States of America's federal government in Washington, D.C., the biggest war hungry force in the world is claiming that you committed an act of war against them. They're setting the pretense for some type of military aggression. Of course, that's a provocation. You know, like, imagine there was like a serial killer um, that just went around murdering people, but he always claimed he was only murdering bad guys. And then he started telling everyone in the world about how you were a really bad guy. Like every day, he just started talking about how you were a really bad guy. Do you think you might have to prepare to defend yourself? You might have to prepare to be like, oh, shit. Okay, I, I have reason to believe this guy might be trying to kill me next. And, of course, according to William Perry, who is, uh, was Bill, Cl- uh, Bill Clinton's secretary of defense, um, according to William Perry, and he's said this for years now, uh, he said that Vladimir Putin believes that there is a, a covert U.S. policy to uh, assassinate or overthrow him. Now, I don't know if that's true. I'm just telling you that the secret- a former secretary of defense has told us that Vladimir Putin sincerely believes that. I don't know if it's true. Also, it doesn't seem that crazy that it would be true. If any of us found that out, if there was a new uh, leaker and that came out that that was true, that it's been U.S. policy uh, for, you know, for uh, a decade now that we want to overthrow Vladimir Putin, would that surprise any of you? Sure wouldn't surprise me. I highly doubt it would surprise any of you. It's not as if uh, the U.S. government does not favor policies of political assassinations. It's not as if they don't favor policies of regime change. So that's the impression that Putin's under, okay? It doesn't make him a good guy. It doesn't make him justified for this war. Just saying that's what's going on here. He's under the impression that we are trying to kill him. And the reason why this is so stupid is because this is the only time you probably would use nuclear weapons, right? The big check on powers using nuclear weapons. Look, the reason why, th- think about this, the United States of America since 1991, up until maybe this last year has been, you know, the, the, the major force in the world. I think undeniably the unipolar moment, as Charles Krauthammer called it started in 1991. Soviet union collapses. Then the only superpower left is the USA and we've run roughshod over the world since that time. We've started wars all over the place. I mean, I I don't even know, like I'd probably miss one if I was trying to count them off. But all types of regime change wars, invasions, drone bombing campaigns, colored revolutions, just all around the world doing whatever we want to do. Because we're the most powerful country in the world and we can do it. We can get away with it. And the uh, idiot neocons who ended up rising to power decided to implement those policies, but we've never nuked anyone. And why would we, why would we not? I mean, in some, they're, you know, you could argue they're more effective weapons than some, we dropped a ton of bombs. We haven't dropped any nukes. So why is that? Why do we not do that? Well, because, you know, why would you do that when you're winning, when you're in a position of power you're not going to nuke anybody because, you know, shit, if you drop a nuke, then that there's just a chance that like one of these other nuclear armed countries might, you know, respond and that they'd be like, Hey, look, we can't allow this to happen. And so of course you don't do that when you're winning. We're not going to, we're, there, there's no question that in say like, whatever in two thousand uh 14 or 2015 when russia uh you know entered the war in syria and got Bashar al-Assad's back uh, to ensure that uh you know ISIS didn't take over Damascus. Well, why why wouldn't the US just nuke Russia? Well because Russia can nuke us back and then the whole world is gonna be destroyed. So it's like when you're the winners, when you're dominating, that's oh that's a risk. You know it's the end of of, of human beings if we go to nuclear war so you're not going to do that the only time you might do that is if you thought you were going to die anyway if you thought you were going to die anyway you might want to go out with like uh well fuck you too so we've convinced putin that there's a us policy to kill him and now we are we've announced in front of the world that we're essentially we're going to war with this guy he overthrew our elections he's putting bounties on our soldiers heads he illegally invaded Ukraine. And now, I mean, the last one's true, but and, and now, you know, it's like, oh, we're giving them all the weapons until the job's done. You're going to lose a war right on your border, maybe even be attacked within your country, as these documents seem to indicate. And what does he think is next? And and of course, you have the senile president of the United States on multiple, to- on multiple occasions saying that our policy is regime change in Russia. Of course, the White House rushes to correct him, but those words still come out of his mouth. So we are like actively attempting to create the situation, the only scenario where we might actually go to nuclear war, in which case we all die. Could, could you think of a more reckless policy? A more reckless policy than that. Yet, of course, as we're engaged in this most reckless policy, our uh, the the corporate press is working very hard to make sure that this whistleblower gets prosecuted to the full extent of the law. That's where we are with all of this stuff, and it is a uh, it is really just something to take it all in and watch it happen. I look on the on the bright side; at least this information did come out, and there's some people who are reporting on it and doing a really good job. Um, I'll give, I'll give props to, uh, Glenn Greenwald, who's just been phenomenal on this stuff and to Tucker Carlson, you know, at least we got the biggest, uh, the biggest, um, person in cable news. And he seems to not be afraid to, uh, to, to talk about this stuff. I got to, uh, I got to call Rogan and try to uh, talk to him about some of this shit. Hopefully he'll, he'll talk about it on his show. Cause it really is like, Unbelievable. I mean, he has talked about it a bunch on his show, but I just mean this this most late the latest uh the latest stuff with this. It's really something when you you sit back and 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 appreciate that what's gone on here in the last in the last year, year and change at this point, And like where we are at this point. And it's just like with all the wars, how much propaganda there is, how much lying, how how completely removed and in some cases almost the exact opposite of Of the actual truth of what's really happening. I mean, look, all the for all the talk about, um, you know, uh, Russia um, attacking and well, if they win, you know, because that's what all the proponents of this war will try to convince you is that the real dangerous scenario here is that Vladimir Putin wins because then he moves on Poland for whatever reason, you know, then he attacks NATO. And then we've got a real uh, terrible situation or something like that. Even though there's really no indication that that's going to happen. Vladimir Putin has never once said that he's going to do that. There's, he's never done anything to indicate that he's going to do that. You know, But so that's where they try to convince you that's the real the, you know bad scenario. If he wins, then he could attack NATO. Look, NATO has been attacked twice in the last year. NATO has been attacked twice in the last year. There was no response to either. NATO was attacked in Poland by Zelensky. Okay? Now, he may claim it was an accidental attack, but but missiles were fired into Poland and killed a couple people. Okay? And that was Zelensky. The, the, that was Ukraine that did it. But there's been no response to that. And, of course, the Nord Stream Pipeline was a serious attack on a NATO country like an act of industrial terrorism and an environmental disaster, which also all these people, I guess don't really care about that much. All of a sudden their environmentalism just goes away. Cause it's a, it's weird how it's always, uh, it's always the warfare state first with all these things that always is the, the number one priority always seems to be the military industrial complex. And then all these other issues come, come second. Um, but yeah, those were both attacks on NATO. Article 5 was never invoked. <laughs> um but those were the attacks on NATO. And it wasn't Russia that did either of them. Just something to keep in mind, I suppose. Something to keep in mind as this whole uh as this whole thing continues to develop. It's uh, quite a story. I you know, I don't know just going back to this this uh whistleblower. Um I don't know who this kid is, what his motivations were. I don't know. As I said earlier in the show, that's really not my main concern. But I don't believe the corporate press when they go on these smear uh, campaigns against him. I just don't believe any of it. They've just lied too many times. It's too, it's just, they've blown all the credibility they have. So there's no reason to even t- take any of that shit they say serious. And it's so obvious what their motivation here is, why they want to smear this kid. But what I do know is that he got us some more truth about what's going on in this war and he is going to pay a heavy, heavy price for it. And to me, at least just knowing that, that's, that sounds like the stuff that heroes are made of. So I guess I'll just uh, I'll end on that thought. A little bit of a shorter episode uh, for today. I apologize about that. But like I said, Rob Bernstein is on his way to pick me up. We got some gigs to go do in Albany. Look, for, looking forward to seeing some of you guys out there in Albany, New York, and then looking forward to seeing you guys out in Chicago. Zaney's in Chicago. That's the, that's the next stop after uh, this weekend. ComicDaveSmith.com. That's the website. All right. Thanks for watching, everybody. Catch you next time. Peace.